welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning is where we're going. I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. Reading from the NIV this morning. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want to read verse 5 one more time. I want you to either look at it on the screen or in your Bible. or I want you to look at this one more time. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the subject, Satan wants your brain. Satan wants your brain. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you? Father, thank you for this morning. God, what a wonderful atmosphere. Thank you for so many that got here early. God, some were here before me, Lord, setting up, Lord, getting sound, media ready, practicing singing and instruments, Lord, nursery workers, oh God, turning lights on, God, making coffee, Lord, everything that has gone into making today what it is. Lord, thank you for people that are so willing and ready to serve both you and your church, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that I have this opportunity to stand up here one more time behind this sacred desk and preach your word. So I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, open every heart, mind, and spirit. I pray that the word of God would fall onto good ground and produce a hundredfold harvest. And I pray that you'd help me, God, as your messenger. God, I'm nobody in myself, but I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So I ask that you give me the clarity of thought and speech that is so necessary today. Let the word of God be like fire shut up in my bones. And Lord, I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, oh, come on, y'all can do better than that. And everybody said, as you're seated, turn around to four or five people, give them a fist bump and say, Satan wants your brain. If Satan could have anything that you possess except your soul, what would it be? Would it be your money? Would it be your home? Would it be your car? What what would it be when you stop for a moment and you think about that? What what would Satan, if besides your soul, you know, what what in the world would Satan want of yours? I want to tell you that more than anything else. Satan wants to control your mind. The enemy of our soul wants control of our minds. And understand, this is not just a desire. It is an all-out attack. I want to remind you where we started with uh, in verse 3. We, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. I read this to you because I wanted you to see here 
What the Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the church in Corinth, he's letting them see something here. That this is not just kind of Satan's just kind of like, oh, maybe I can just have a little influence on their minds. Or, you know, maybe I can just kind of try to do Absolutely not. In the writing of the scripture here, we find that this battle for your mind, this battle for your brain that Satan is having is all-out warfare. We find in this wars, we do not wage war. We find weapons a number of times here. We find all of these different things. Scripture wants you to know here that this battle for your mind is not just some kind of barely soft warfare. It is all-out assault Satan wants control of your mind in fact your mind is a cherished trophy over which a fierce battle is constantly being fought you know scripture talks about that and I know we don't talk about this a whole lot because we don't want to get too spiritual and weird sometimes we think let me remind you we're a Pentecostal church and I still believe that there is spiritual warfare going on all around us there are things that principalities and powers there are angels there are demons there is spiritual warfare that is going on all around us and we can't see it with these human eyeballs but it's happening around us and we need to always be alert and remember that there is warfare going on and the number one prize that Satan wants is he wants your mind you see in 2 Corinthians 10 Paul compares the human mind to a fortress that is the central point of a strategic war you see, many times you, as you study about battles, you study about there were strategic fortresses, there were strategic places. Uh, we went back in March, we were down in Puerto Rico, and we saw some of those old fortresses there on the coast. And if even if you've ever gone, have you ever been down to Biloxi and you've been out to Ship Island before? Anybody ever been out there before? And, and you'll find the, the old fort there. There are strategic places. If you travel up and down the Mississippi River, we, that was a strategic place in, in warfare and in battle. There are strategic areas that if a war is going on an enemy wants to get to that place because if they can break through that place it becomes easy well the central point the most important place in the spiritual warfare realm is the place of your mind you see the soul is the most important when speaking of salvation but it is through the mind that the destiny of the soul is determined you know, that's why we believe. That's why we believe. It's, it's stop for just a second and say, you know, we believe. That's why I truly believe in an age of accountability. That's why when an infant dies, and even though an infant has not received salvation, he hasn't confessed Jesus as Lord, do we believe that an infant dies and goes to hell? Absolutely not. Because the mind is not even yet developed to be able to activate the soul and accept the salvation. So even though the soul is the most important part that gets saved, it's through the mind that the destiny of the soul is determined so if you're taking notes I want you to keep just a couple here so you can have reference to this the first thing I want us to look at is Satan's desire Satan's desire what well, yeah, I believe that it is to capture control and corrupt your thought life in the book of 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 the next chapter over in verse 3 it says but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning your minds may 
be somehow led astray from your sincere and pure devotion for, to Christ. Here we see it right here. The very, how did the very first sin happen? It didn't happen first with her taking action, did it? That's not where the warfare started. We know that that's where the warfare ended and that she actually took the, the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and partook. That is where the sin developed, but that's not where the whole thing started. It started in the mind. It started when Satan, the serpent, started telling Eve these lies and he deceived her and convinced her of a lie and where did that take place it took place right up here that he convinced her first in her mind that God was lying to her and that he was telling her the truth and we know that the enemy he is so dead set on convincing us of lies why do you think the enemy is on an all-out assault to get our young people to believe every lie in the book now Listen, I'm, I'm trying to listen. I, I want to say this with compassion. That's why. That's why the enemy is trying to convince people through social media and news and everywhere. Oh, it's okay to let your child want to change their sex. You know, that's a normal thing. It is absolutely not a normal thing. That's why the enemy wants to try to deceive us into all of these different lifestyles that are not of God because he knows if he can get it into our mind, it's going to go into our soul. Satan also wants to, his desire is to destroy through evil imaginations. Genesis 6 and 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Human, humanity had gotten in such a, a terrible place that every thought, of their heart and their mind was on evil all the time the enemy wants to so fill our minds with evil and corruption that it pollutes the mind and therefore pollutes the soul he knows he what else does he want he knows that a corrupt mind will ultimately bring the judgment of God Hebrews 4 and 12, for the penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. King James said the thoughts and intents of the heart. However you want to dice it there, that's getting pretty dicey and getting pretty deep there. And a lot of people today, we know everybody will say, well, you can't judge me. Can't nobody judge me. Well, you're absolutely wrong there because there is one that can and will judge us. And his name is Jesus Christ. And the bottom line is that Jesus is better than any judge and any jury because any judge and jury, they've got to get some kind of physical evidence. They've got to have a video or DNA or witnesses to, to be able to know it. And then they sure don't know what your heart and what your mind was thinking, but the judge that will judge all of this world one day, Jesus Christ, he knows your thoughts. He knows what's going on in your heart and so satan wants to corrupt your mind and corrupt your heart so that he will eventually find you in judgment with god what's it all about it's about satan knows his ultimate demise i still believe as the old timers used to say i still believe there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun 
Anybody still believe that here today? Listen, I want to go to heaven. I believe Jesus made a way where all can go to heaven. Anybody. It, it, all, that no, God's not excluding anybody. It's his desire, not his desire, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the bottom line is, if we don't accept the work of Christ, that there are going to be those that go to hell. And the work of Satan is, he's believe it or not, Satan knows this book. Satan's read this book. He knows his destiny. He knows his demise. He knows that one day him and all of his demons will be thrown into the lake of the fire. And what he wants to do is he wants to take everybody he possibly can with him. i got to keep moving satan's devices we find that his devices and his strategies we find them in our text uh, excuse me and, and excuse me earlier than our text in the book of second corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 says this in order that satan might not outwit us for we are not unaware of his schemes We'll say that one more time. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. You see, you've got to select the right tool for the right job. There are different tools for different jobs. You see, Satan has strategies. I, listen, I just certainly did not come to lift up Satan. But I also want us to know that the Bible says we're not unaware of his schemes. And, the, and God doesn't want you to be unaware of his schemes. wants you to be aware of his devices. He's got tools for different things. Now, I brought this with me today. Now, how many of you ever played golf before at all? Anybody ever played golf at all? Come on, let me see your hand. You ever played golf at all? So, so most of you, even if you're not a big golfer, you know what this is. You've at least played putt-putt or something. Uh, this is, a, what is it? it it's a putter. It's a putter. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm here and I, I find myself on a green somewhere, what I'm going to pull out of my bag is not going to be my driver. I've got to have the right tool for the right job. If I find myself on a green, I'm going to pull up my putter. And I'm going to do what? I'm going to putt. If I find myself on a tee box somewhere, I'm not going to pull out the putter. I'm going to pull out, if, if it's a par 5, 500 yard or so uh, par 5, what am I going to pull out then? Pull out a driver then. You see, because there's different tools for different jobs. If you find yourself and, and you need a, you've got a 2 by 4 8 foot, and you need two 4-foot pieces, are you going to pull out a crowbar? No. You're going to pull out a saw of some sort, a skill saw or some kind of saw. You've got to have the right tools. And Paul here says, we are not aware, unaware of his schemes. The devil has a lot of different devices and a lot of different strategies for our destruction that God wants you to be aware of. Look at the person beside you. Shake them a little bit. Wake them up and say, God wants you to be aware of some things. First of all, let's look at this if you're taking notes. Of his devices and strategies, first we find that he blinds the minds of unbelievers. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says this, The God, and this is a little g, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You see, it should not be a surprise to us that unbelievers can't see things that we can see. 
And in fact, Paul writes this. He writes this as a man that had once even had physical scales on his eyes when he ran encountered Jesus. Uh, but we find here that the enemy has placed blinders on the eyes of unbelievers. Listen, when you try to tell Jesus or try to tell people about Jesus who are unbelievers, a lot of times it's like it's like they don't see it. And sometimes we're like, how in the world can you not see it? The answer is right here in the book. One of Satan's strategies and devices and tools is he has placed blinders on the eyes of unbelievers. That's why I Found, found myself when I'm praying for the lost. I like to say, Lord, remove the blinders off of their eyes. Take those spiritual blinders off of their eyes so that the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ can shine into their soul and they can see that light. You know, I want to encourage somebody here today. You've got some lost friends or some lost family. It's time to start praying that prayer over them and say, Lord, I know they're are some spiritual blinders over their eyes, and I pray that you would remove the blinders that the enemy has placed on their lives and their spiritual eyes so that they can see the light of the gospel. And I also believe that there are times where he can blind the minds of believers when we don't stay in the light of the Word and the Spirit. I believe that. I believe that there's times that we can become so blinded and so deceived that we can't see it when we're not staying in the word and staying in the spirit this is such a this is such a a, a time of deception and that shouldn't be a surprise because that's in this book too but it's such a time of deception that we have got to make sure that we are staying in this book and staying in prayer so that the enemy doesn't blind our eyes also we find that the powers of darkness need to be bound by believers. Matthew 16 and 19 says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I got a little bit ahead of myself, but that's all right. I'm going to come back to it and remind us that we, as believers, we have spiritual authority still. We've backed down a little bit, I think. We've been intimidated, I think. But it's time for us to step up again as believers, as born-again, spirit-filled, children of the most high God and realize that Jesus said, I've given you the keys to the, the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's why I believe we have the authority to speak to our lost loved ones, to speak to our friends and say, I loose those blinders that the enemy has placed on their life in the name of Jesus Christ and declare that they will be set free by the power of God. Give God praise this morning if you still believe God is able to do that well those are Satan's devices next we see Satan's door well how does what is Satan's door I believe there's a way that he gets in first of all a passive mind Proverbs 4 and 23 says this above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it a lot of times in the scriptures when you begin to you begin to read about the heart and the mind. There's a lot of overlapping somewhere. Can I just tell you, I believe that you've got to guard your mind. Because as I've already said, the, from the very beginning, the very first sin, when Eve sinned, where did it go first? It went here. 
It went here that Satan, the devil, the snake, the serpent convinced her of a lie and it flowed down into her heart and then it went into her actions. I believe that, that here in the book of Proverbs we're finding this and I want to say to you, guard your heart, guard your mind because everything else is going to flow out of it. If the devil can convince you of a lie, if you keep your mind passive, then he will convince you of a lie. John 13, 2 says, and supper being in the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Listen, it started in the mind before it got to the heart. The enemy had placed that in the mind, in the heart of Judas to betray the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And it, he let it stay in his mind, and then it flowed down into his heart, and then he acted on it by going and selling Jesus out to the religious leaders of that day. It's Satan will come in to a passive mind if you allow him to keep planning his lies in your mind. How else? A passive mind, also a polluted mind. Stick with me here. Listen to this carefully. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12 says this. When you enter into the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not Learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist, or consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord, because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You see, I believe that there is a time, a polluted mind, the land God told them. He said, and he said that in verse 10, he said, let no one be found among you who does any of this. Drive them out. Get them out. So let's take this into a New Testament spiritual sense. So if God said in the promised land, I want you to get all of these people out, I believe that we could safely say that God is telling us in our mind, you better drive out any of that garbage that the enemy wants to plant in your mind. Don't you let social media don't you let television don't you let anybody else the enemy plant a bunch of junk in your mind and let it stay there can i tell you there is some stuff it may come in your mind but you need to push it right back out of your mind you do not let it take up residence in your mind isaiah 26 and 3 says you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you here one more time, we find that, the mind, the brain. You'll keep them in perfect peace. You know, sometimes, sometimes you're not going to find peace until you let the Lord help you get junk out of your mind. You're going to lay there, and, you're gonna, and it's going to keep on running through there and running through there, and it's going to keep you awake, and you're not going to be able to sleep until you allow the Lord to help you to get that junk driven out of your mind. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, there is obviously here, once again, we see the importance of making sure that, that I told you this is Satan's door, how he tries to get into your mind. We need the peace of God because the peace of God will guard your heart. It'll guard your mind. It'll make sure that you don't give the enemy a door to get into your life. Then we find finally Satan's defeat. 
We find in our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. I want to read that again. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So how do we demolish? That's, that's a lot of good talk. We like that. So how do we demolish those? I, I've got very simple ways, I believe. Number one, the way you can defeat Satan, the way you can demolish those strongholds, are repentance for the perverse mind. Acts 3 and 19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I know, I know we don't like to talk about it, but even, even church folks, especially church folks, especially Christians, listen, just because you get saved don't mean that repentance stops in your life. Repentance should be a constant part of the believer's life, that we continually repent. We repent for the, for the perverse mind. We say, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent. I repent for letting stuff stay in my mind that does not need to be there. Cleanse my mind. Then we have a resistance. Secondly, repentance for the perverse mind. Secondly, resistance for the passive mind, James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Listen, there are times that you can't help it. The devil is. He's going he's gonna to plant junk in your mind he's going to bring stuff in your mind he's going to try to put it there that's part of his tactics that's part of his ways he's going to try to put some stuff in your mind that you never even wanted to be there and that is not the sin the sin is when you just let it stay there and you say well you know what then you start thinking about that and you let it stay there but the bible said resist the devil and he will flee the next time that satan tries to put some garbage in your mind it that's not the sin. Say, God, I don't want this in here anymore. I don't want this thought. I don't want this taking residence in my mind. I resist you, devil. And the Bible said that he has no other choice, but he has to get out and he has to flee when you resist what he has put in there. I'm almost done. In fact, if the musicians and singers won't come take their place, Repentance for the perverse mind, resistance for the passive mind, and three, renewal for the polluted mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, a lot of times we take that, and it, it is true, very true. Don't, don't misunderstand me here. That we offer our bodies living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Living sacrifice. Everybody say living sacrifices. Thank the Lord God's not calling us to put ourselves on the altar and plunge a knife into ourselves and shed our blood and die. No, He wants you alive. He wants you alive. Come on, look at the person beside you and say, he wants you alive. He wants a living sacrifice. And when we talk about that, we talk about it, and very correctly so. We talk about it in the fact that we, we use it in the case of abortion, that it's not, it's a, you know, women's my body, my choice. It's not, it's God's. My body, whatever I want to do. The scripture tells it as a man that talks about, don't go and join yourself to a prostitute. 
Man, y'all got quiet all of a sudden. Y'all didn't know I was going to bring up a prostitute in the 9 a.m. service. Don't do that. Why? Because my body is not my own. It belongs to the Lord. Go to verse 2 right under that. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen. Here's what we have done. We have tried to be real legalistic, and we want to try to be legalistic on the fact that it's all a bunch of do's and don'ts. But you know the easiest way to do it is let it start up here. Let it start right here and be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Then it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of lists of do's and don'ts. Well, should I? No, God will have renewed our mind and you'll know. Be like, hey, that's not for me. It's not for me to go over the cotton district and get wasted and have to be drove home by somebody and hopefully not get out and drive drunk. It's not for me to just sleep around with everybody. It's not even like I have to go through it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you'll give God your mind, he'll transform it. He'll bless it. Satan wants your brain. He does. Because he knows that if he can get your brain, he can get the rest of you. But God already knew that also. He said, I want to transform your mind. I want to transform the way you think about things. So that it's not a legalistic, just a bunch of checklists of do's and don'ts. He said, I want to change the very way you think about things. I want to transform your mind. So that what? You'll be able to test and approve what is God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so many times we think about God's will as, you know, well, where am I going to go to school? What job am I going to take? What house am I going to buy? What person am I going to marry? But sometimes it's like, God, is this, is this sin or is this not sin? Is this right or is this not? We'll be able to know God's will. Stand with me, if you will, all over the house. Now, I, believe, I want you to not misunderstand me here. I am certainly, this is not just about positive thinking somebody say he's not just talking positive thinking here (laughs) instead this is about letting the Lord have control of your thoughts see if you're thinking those good thoughts there won't be room for the bad ones at the same time what do you do I believe you can begin your day in the presence of the Lord Philippians 4 and 8 says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Get your brain on good things at the beginning of the day. Now, I'm not saying that I done told you the enemy will try. That's why we were learning. But try at the beginning of the day. To try to find yourself in the presence of the Lord and get your mind on Him. Spend time in prayer. Immerse your mind in His Word. Romans 12 and 2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Commit your day to Him. Commit your mind to Him. I believe that the Lord will help you. Satan... Satan can't have your brain. He wants your brain, but he can't have it unless you give it. 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.